Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. Root of Evil is a production of C13 Originals, a division of Cadence 13, in partnership with TNT. This story contains strong language and graphic and potentially disturbing content. Discretion is advised. Rosh and Eva have a super tight relationship, a good one. This is our uncle, Love Hodel. They really love each other and they got each other's back. And I admire it to the end of time. I wish I had their connection with my brothers. If I were to want something and desire and maybe even something that would soften my heart and make me cry would be the fact of being that close with my brothers, which I had when I was really, really young. But then, I was, but then you know, everybody changes. People change, you know? People morph into whoever they are. My relationship with both my brothers, you know, um, I think it would, would be a lot different had we been raised differently. Or raised in a normal household. And that's Uncle Joy. There'd be a lot more, there'd be a lot more love, you know, and communication. I love my brothers. But I, 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 I don't go out of my way to express it. Growing up, peace and love didn't talk. You know, the Faunas didn't talk. You know, the brothers didn't talk to the sisters, the nieces. There's always been distance and, you know, um, not resentment, but less of a connection at certain times with, you know, one family member or another. The wedge really worked because of Tamar. Everybody in the family has some secret. I don't think they're all bad. They're not all skeletons, but there's some deep-rooted stuff that might, you know, make us sad to hear what they might have gone through or what secret that is, you know? But family's all you got, you know what I mean? So you might as well stick together. Crank up that radio. How do you wrap up a story where so much is still unwritten? After generations of pain, the Hodels have tried to address our family dysfunction head on. It's been cathartic, but now we all have to begin the slow process of putting our family back together. And that could take the rest of our lives. 
Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. This is Root of Evil, the true story of the Hodel family and the Black Dahlia. I'm Yvette. And I'm Rasha. And we're your hosts. When Yvette and I began doing this podcast, the very first thing we did was go to our mom's storage container to see what we could find to help tell her story. But in the process, this became something much bigger. It became our whole family's story. One by one, slowly, the Hodels agreed to go on this journey and try to make sense of our collective family trauma. Like Fauna Tu said in episode 5, you can't bury it, no matter how hard you try. It's burying yourself. This is true for all of us. And just speaking for Yvette and I, although it's been really hard to learn such painful things about our aunt and uncles, We want to know more. So we all agreed to meet in Los Angeles. Because it's one thing to tell our stories separately. It's a whole different thing to do it all in one room, face to face, and speak about things we've never told each other. We're hoping it'll help us grow closer as a family. Unfortunately, our Uncle Joy couldn't make it from Hawaii. But I'm in from San Francisco... And Rosh is here from Portland. Love flew in from Hawaii. And Peace and Fauna, too, live here in L.A. None of us could figure out how long it's been since we were all together in one room. But it's somewhere between 25 and 35 years. My name is Rasha Pecorero. I'm the youngest daughter of Fauna Hodel, and I'm sitting next to my only sister. My name is Yvette Gentile, and I am the oldest daughter of Fauna Hodel, and I am sitting next to my Uncle Love. Hi, and my name is Love Hodel, and I am the last of the siblings, the youngest, to Tamar Hodel, and I'm sitting next to my sister, Fauna Elizabeth Deborah Hodel, or whatever we say. <laughs> However, it's all mixed in. I don't know how it is. Yes, yes uh, I am Fauna Elizabeth. I was born Deborah. I am the second 
of the Hodel family, of Tamar Hodel, the second daughter. And I'm sitting next to my brother. Hi, this is Peace Hodel, Peace on Earth Hodel. Actually, if we wanted to say the whole thing on the birth certificate, Peace on Earth, Goodwill Towards Man, Hodel, uh, Tamar's oldest son. Joy on Earth, Hodel is not here to be part of the podcast as a group, but uh, will be here in spirit, or is it here in spirit? Joy to the World is actually his name. Joy to the World, joy Hodel. To the world. Mm-hmm. Is that on his birth certificate? Yeah, yes, on it is. His I picked him up in the hospital. It said Joy TTW Hodel. <laughs> That's week. absolutely That's right. right. Joy to the World. Mm-hmm. But I always thought you were love to all mankind. No, love is just love. Right. Because yeah. yeah. all yeah. you need is love. <laughs> right. Or we could always bust out your middle school name or whatever. Why, are they know that. Yeah. I, I, I was scared. Well, I was scared getting bullied by all the mokes growing he up. He did. Get and bullied. I made up a middle name of Stephen, oh, ironically. That's right. I totally remember that. And mm-hmm. It didn't stick too long because love was killer, right? <laughs> <laughs> Better surfer name, love Totally. Uh, Joy really had a connection to all of us individually, especially if there's anything nitty gritty. Yeah, he, yeah. he right. would he was step in, step in. Yeah, he, he he would like he was solid. Something, he was solid. something needed was to very be solid. done or he was said. A solid guy. He made sure yeah. he was he filled the gap. He had. He's <laughs> been a, he's been a good yeah. family yeah. representative. Yeah. To me, Fauna was the glue. That's I'm still I mean and you know, and me, he's referring to our so sister who is I'm not having, here. Yeah, right? I'm having a hard time just processing it. It's been a year and then you know, I haven't sat in the same room with these folks together in years. And then, you know, Fauna was always there. So I'm you know, I'm still processing. So And I'm not hurt by that because my mother made sure well, that I wasn't in their life. No, no, no. I just want to clarify. That my mother, our mother, made sure that I was not around. I, I think that after was true. Of all of us, though. And for two nights, I've had nightmares so bad. I have a major, larger oh, goal yeah. beyond this oh, interview. Every, everybody does. That's the yeah. only thing and reason that I'm here. Yeah. I want to bond this family. I want mm. to be part of this family. You, oh, you are. are. You are. You are. I've not felt that I was because Tamar kept us apart no. so long. Well, she did. Yeah, yeah, but she's long since gone. We're in the room together here. Yes. So let's do Can it. I just tell you one thing? So yeah. Just to kind of maybe make you feel a little brighter. Mm-hmm. You got to be one of the toughest women I know. To Thank you. So I don't want to break down, but I'm just letting you know you're... You're fucking tough. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With all the shit that you've yeah. gone through, very tough. and we you, believe you. you. Yeah, we just want you to know. Yeah. We Hold believe you. Well, that's that's incredible. You, to you knew that. Come on, we love each other. You know, you're part of this family. You've always been part of this family. Yeah. But I know how Tamar was, and she did it to all of us. You know, and it took joy. I mean, talk about joy. He was the guy that filled the gap. That would call people yeah. up yeah. and make you yes. feel uncomfortable and say, you know, I <laughs> was gonna did. let mom. I was gonna let Tamar. You know just die. I was okay with yeah. just accepting the fact that I wasn't going to see her, mm-hmm. wasn't having any closure. Not that I did have a whole lot of closure. He said, you should be here. Be the son I always was, but she, you know, she never would acknowledge, you know? So, but I didn't get that closure or anything like that. Like for me, you know, it's the same thing with my dad. I never met him once in person. I thought you met your dad. Yeah, you, you met, met your brother. Dad, yeah. I met my brother. You met your brother. Oh, but not your right. dad. Yeah. But oh. not your dad. And who is your dad? We called him Bill. We don't, yeah. I just was, the larger point was, I, it, I was that. there in his life at the end for him, not for me. Hmm. And that's been the case for both parents. I'll be totally honest. I mean, my nerves have been all over the place 
for Why? sure today. About joining up, this everybody's oh, different yeah. thoughts coming out. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. And holding on to old shit. And yeah, yeah. from where? Experience between uh-huh. all of us or? Yeah, yeah. Most, I mean, what's the most that came to you that caused that? Go ahead and say it. it's okay, oh, whatever. Okay. Just bring it out. Okay. This uh-huh. is the time. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. We're here. You won't yeah, hurt. Gotcha. You won't hurt anyone. It's okay. You're not hurting anybody. You're gonna you know? just heal. Leave me. So, losing our mom um, is the single most devastating thing that's happened, of course, in my entire life. And people, they do weird shit <laughs> when people die. Mm. And um, but uh. You and I, um, you know, you and I, we talked about it. Like, you know, when you, when we, say, I'm, I'm say fine. what it is. So when you, when you were calling, so I had mom's cell phone. Yeah. And you were calling mom's cell phone after she died and that. Yeah. But we, I didn't you know, and I, I didn't know you were listening. Well, I had the phone. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think about no, that. No, I know. But, you know, and you and I have hashed that I missed out. Her. Yeah. And it, it just, it, it just, it was just heavy, you know, hearing you talk to, your dead sister, who's my dead mom, you know, yeah, and I'm sorry. No, no, no. And I mean, and you and I, like at her celebration of life, you and I talked about it and you're like, Rasha, if anything bothers you, just tell me. <laughs> I'm like, yes, okay. I mean it. Yes. And Still. Um, no, I know. I know. But hearing you leave the voicemails for mom, I was like, it just was disturbing to, to me, you know, knowing that you were leaving her voice. I honestly, like, it's out of my, like, I don't even remember what you but said. But you hold it in your heart. I see it. No, it, but that's, you and I talked about that. Yeah. And I feel safe with that. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, because you know, like, I, I never am, meant to cause you any harm. I know. And you told me that. I think what has happened is that as much as you love her, it's hard for you to realize how much we loved her too. But to us, because we didn't have family, and with you and each other and Vana, you were real family. You guys were a real family. And we didn't have that. When Vana came in and back, even though the one thing between our names was the one, the one thing that kept us, it was the only thing that was a problem. You know, the bond of the sister bond, they never had a sister. And so we miss her. And I called all of those reasons was why. And our insensitivity was not because of our insensitivity. I know you didn't do it consciously. It was because (laughs) of our love of her. Yeah. That's what all that poured out of us. And because you're in your grief, it just felt like more of a burden. And it was never... You know it wasn't intended. You totally. know that mentally. Yeah. But but Doesn't emotionally, it, hurt. Yeah. it hurt you. Mm-hmm. But verbally, I want to tell you, the psychology of it all is because we loved her so. And because we are not family, a family knowing and having that kind of connection, we couldn't see that it was an intrusion. I know. Had we been family like that, we would have seen the social graces and said, oh, 
Oh gosh, we shouldn't do that. We're all raised by Tamar. See, so we didn't even. Those, I'm sorry. We, we didn't. Well, well, exactly. whatever. You know, it's, so my we, thing we is, you know, we're survivors. We she, couldn't comprehend. She made us survivors. <laughs> we just reached out towards the light. Yeah. So that's what happened. I got to be honest. I have mostly fond memories from everybody. My nieces, my brothers, and my sisters. Everything was usually fond. Um, there was a lot of shitty times in our life, um, such as moving a lot. That oh. was something that really sucked in our life. Too. Too. Um, could have been 30, 40, 50 times in my life that I moved, including some of my siblings as well. Um, I, I, I was mad at my brother Peace when he moved away. You had to get out. I had to go that ahead. That sucked because um, I was really close with my brothers, especially at a young age. And I adored them so much, even though they beat up on me so much. But it made me really tough. But when Peace left, I was like, oh shit. And then I really clung on to Joy. Peace was like, I'm getting the hell out of here. And he had his own reasons, and most likely it was mom. Plus, he wanted an education. I understand that. But when you're young, you don't. You just think about selfish, I want, want, want. Sorry, man. But it's, it's life, you know. That's one thing about me I understand. With your mom's passing and our mom's passing, I understand it's life. And that's what happens. Shit happens in life. You can't stop it. It is what it is. But it really destroyed me when he left. Because um, I was stuck with Tamar fucking running my life like a fucking puppet. I was like a puppet on a string. It sucked. Um, and when you left, there was like communication was lost a lot. And I'm, we're all survivors. We're taught to survive via mom, you know, no matter what it would take. So I'm like, well, my brother's gone. That's all I could think. And then, um, you know, Joy, freaking, he's still hard to figure out, honestly. No, I know. I always know where you are. And, and I never feel like I, you know, the way I looked at it as somebody who, I didn't have any guidance growing up because of Tamar in terms of decision-making, but I, I went from sleeping on other people's couches in high school. I almost didn't graduate. Uh, I mean, if it wasn't for Fauna uh, making sure that I showed up and I was at graduation and it was something to be proud of, I probably would have not graduated. And so for me, I mean, the last year, my senior year, from junior year to senior year, I wasn't in the house. I was living uh, out in, in the, street. the streets. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and it was a mutual acceptance of, I don't want to live with crazy. I loved, I loved you guys. I felt bad because, you know, we were so close when we were young. And I, I felt like your protector. And I always felt that way. I felt like it was there for you, you know, and to have you not understand what the dynamics of dealing with Tamar, even though you knew dealing with her yourself, 
And what I, I had, I mean, I was in a wheelchair and she wouldn't even let me leave the apartment that we were in. Like I literally, you know, calling the police and I'm in going to juvenile hall in a wheelchair. You know, I was like, I, this doesn't, you know, I need help. Nobody's helping me. I just have to internalize. Getting out was your help. Yeah. Well, it was just, I need something. I need to fortify myself. I need to give myself something that no one's giving me. I have to take it. And, you know, life is about sharing and about caring, but it also is if you don't have anything to give and it's not coming from a place of abundance, you're, you're just, running dry. Trust you me, know? it was really and hard. Just, it was know. really hard. It was just really difficult without you guys there. It's not like back then I was like, you know, I wish they were here to help me do it. I didn't even know that I was doing it, but I was. Right. You know? Right. And I kept talking to her to let you be like, once you were of an age that you could get out, she, I know she kept captive, you know, and I, I would, we would fight all the time. Yeah, I, know. I would get on the phone and you could hear my wife going, okay, this, here it is. You're talking to your mom. It's going to be me not being able to talk to you for a couple of hours because I would be interface about, you know, what about your son's needs from across the ocean saying, look, he needs his space. He needs to figure out who he she is. She didn't you know? give it. <laughs> she didn't give any of that. No. Yeah. She was incapable of that. Thanks for trying. <laughs> you know, and, and all the time, it wasn't just like a one-off conversation. I was constantly like, can, how can you be still having him in the house? He's not even there and you're still having him be in this virtual hell of like i could get in trouble with the state over i was writing her half of my check i was cashing my checks and giving her half of my checks i i when i was i get ssi from my disability when i was old enough to get it it was before i was 18 and she would cash the check this is with me living on the streets Mm -hmm. her cashing it handing me money to say here here's some food money and it's like i need rent i need you know i was it's still going to high school Mm. (laughs) <laughs> you know, trying to figure it out. So, I mean, and that's not something I ever wanted to talk to you guys about. Yeah. You know, you, I, I just wasn't, that. I just, I wasn't there, you know? So of course I didn't know how much you knew or what it was, you know? All right. Well, reg- regardless, it was as hard. It was difficult. No, I, I hear you. Thanks for sharing. And, and I would need to hear that, you, you know? Everything Timar did was convoluted. I was 15 and I had my own son. And I told you the story about how that came to be, how she switched out my birth control so she could get another check for welfare. I wasn't going to cry this time. I was going to be brave. (laughs) We already already know. You are brave. brave. You are brave. The tears are necessary. It's okay. There's no apology needed. I don't know how much detail. Peace knows the most. I know the least out of everybody. She had me fooled. I thought she was literally a god. My mother never hugged me. She didn't? We know she did a lot of fucked up stuff, but I mean... No. I remember there's one picture where I'm on her lap. I served a purpose. And she was kind to me then. But then as things started falling apart, she didn't have an income anymore. Then I became her income. And things just kept getting worse, and she was getting violent. So when she started throwing things at me, throwing hot water on me, and and she would hit me all the time. I didn't hit her back till finally I was, after I'd had my son, and he was almost one year old, and she was pregnant with you, love. 
And I felt so bad about pushing her down, but I couldn't stand to be hit anymore. I just pushed her back. Was that the last time she hit you? It was. Because, you know, as I got older and I stopped cooperating after my son, I started to be very protective. Mm-hmm. And every picture of when he was little, she didn't have you guys embraced like a cocoon. Every picture I had him embraced in protection like that. Right. That's how I feel my brothers had. You you guys with each other? Yep. Not that she was looking like she we didn't get the abuse that you got, but we all protected each other in some way, shape, or form, lied for each other. Well, that's what I was hoping for when I finally had to run. When we were so young, I remember there were times where in and out, I, I remember being in really inappropriate situations with people that I, I didn't know, being yeah. around drugs and sex and oh, yeah, you know, people touching me and, and you know people doing stuff to me that... You know, I know. I mean, not anything compared to being sent off to the for the weekend somewhere ridiculous for some you know money. But I remember money changing hands for for different things and really? being too little to even know what was going on. And oh it just, my god! Uh, but you know, whatever. You know. Do you remember what happened to you? I mean, I just it's in bits and pieces that I can. You know, it's not like a, it's not a fluid. Uh, memory. It's kind Did of you just, block it out? There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I just, you know, don't oh really talk about. But God. No, I mean, it's not, you don't blame yourself for that. It's not anything. You were yeah, 20 years old. It's not your fault. <laughs> yeah. And I know sometimes you think like that. I, I, I thought for sure because you were boys and three of you, you'd I be I mean, it safe. did help. It did help. And I it was. It did help. Yeah. It <laughs> did. But in the beginning, younger years, it was difficult. Yeah. And then, you know, the truth is, as soon as I... thought I waited long enough till you were old enough to be able to fight for each other. Well, we we did do that, but... uh, It doesn't matter. Mom was such a demanding, commanding, controlling person and persuasive that you... Yeah, you were... You were almost captivated. You didn't even know I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. She was like Dracula with mind control. She was taking... You know, you guys were in school, I thought. She took me out of school. I was... They were times... I wasn't around anybody my age. Yeah, there were times she just said, you're not going to school. This is it. She would do the... You know, I went from being this little kid who she'd have me get on the phone and ask people for money and write scripts that I literally had in my own... And write, writing my own, yeah. you know, uh, pleading for money uh, that I had to write in my own words, and and she would yeah. correct it and you know make sure it was the way she wanted it, and make a list of people to ask. It sounds like you and Joy got the worst of it. We did everything we could to spare love of any of that stuff. I I was just fine with him being love you know, I, you know if anything i just was always as predictive as i could be didn't that's matter in house out the house that's probably yeah. why i got such a carefree attitude because and I, I was like so protected that i was allowed to just live and play you and, know we yeah, joke around play. about you're the surfer yeah. mentality but i'm glad for that i think that it makes me feel so good that you have that you know and that you're able to give that you give that to your son freely you know it's so awesome yeah. you know did you get to play I would steal away play. I would, you know, that's why I was out of the house so much because I just, you know, I didn't care what people thought. I didn't care, you know, anything. There was no 
you know, if, if there was anything good out of Tamar's experience, if the filter thing, I mean, maybe socially it's not okay to not have a filter about your life, but I was like, it freed me from worrying about judgment or guilt, or I'm just going to do what I need to do. I got to take care of me because I need to take care of me. And that's something I learned really early in life. Like I know who I am, you know, and I'm not afraid to be who I am, you know? That's wonderful. Yeah. So, but at the same time, I felt obligated to make sure to always look after joy, look after love, regardless, you know, we're family, you know? So, you know, to hear him talk about it, it's good to hear you say that because honestly, I knew that it hurt me to leave too, but I just, it was out of pure survival to just get the heck out. I had to leave too. And it was selfish of me. And I know, honestly, if I could have not left for California and just been in Hawaii and knew that I would be safe, I always felt like she'd made every friendship corrosive. Uh, she killed every chance of real intimacy with people. And I still struggle with some of that too, to this day, just because I, I, the building blocks aren't there. I mean, I've built it with my wife and that's why I'm so protective of my family. But mm. beyond that, like I've, you know, I feel like I, those tools, you know, I, I know somewhat, but I, there's gaps because it's like she killed every, those every chance I got to be a real friend to anybody or for them to know who I was, she would kill it. She would call incessantly. She would, uh, you know, make sure that they didn't want to hang out with you. She, she ruined would, many relationships we could have had. Yeah. But we're here I now. Know. My mom was saved by the ghetto. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think she was. I kind of wonder if if Fauna had been born to Tamar, if Tamar would have been just so happy that she had a beautiful child, if she would have been different or she would have screwed her over too. I you were beautiful think, too. <laughs> I, yeah, I, don't I think, think she was so... I think so mom was so, so demented and so damaged. Nobody was safe in her path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I remember that look as a kid, how kind of like, oh my God, kind of looked like startled look on her face. Like, oh, uh, yeah, like this is too. my family. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like oh, this yes. isn't what oh, I signed up for. This is not what Lord. I looked, looked to find, you know. Was she like, was in total shock. And like, where's my sister going? You know, like she just got here. <laughs> yeah. She was like, <laughs> why is she leaving? Like my sister. Deuces. You know? <laughs> well, we, we bonded that first day. Truly. I mean, sitting here right now with all of you, it's so deep on so many different levels. Um, because we all have that stigma behind us, you know, that I mean that Tamar, the George, but from listening to every single one of you. It's like, I couldn't be more proud to be a part of this family Aww. because we are some badass people. <laughs> <laughs> some strong protectors. Like, just listening to you, what you just said about what you did for him. You know, how you gave him that light. You protected him. Yeah. And you're still standing you're still walking. Well, I don't know. You are. <laughs> I think I'm you, still standing. You are. <laughs> yeah, you are. A beautiful. Don't second guess yourself. Okay. Listen to me. You are a beautiful, strong woman. Know that. Own it. And yeah. Own yep. it. You know. I'm Tamar trying. can't take that she away from you. She can't take that away from Nobody you. Nobody can take that away from you. Well, I never knew I had it to have it taken away. So I'm. I'm learning. Yeah. 
I think the reason that we pulled through is there's there's like a threefold. One, we all wanted to do the opposite of what happened mm. to us. We wanted to be the opposite parent. The way that I learned it, I says, well, the first thing is I'll just do everything opposite. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is that I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to just love the crap out of my kids. <laughs> right. And the third thing was that love, love, love. And that's what that's what fixes dysfunction. Love. Love. Even if you don't know what you're doing, if you sincerely love, that's what breaks the dysfunction and bonds the family. Our mom brought the aloha to each of us. Yes, she did. That's she, brought, she brought home so, to all of and us. She brought, yes. she brought that to all of us. Yes, she and did. She, before she died, Yvette, mom, and I, we, we moved her from Hawaii to the mainland to take care of her when she was going through breast cancer. And we kept saying, ohana means everything. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, like, for a long time, I thought it was just me, mom, and Yvette. But I know that's not, that's not true. I mean, I know that going on this journey, like, we knew this was going to happen. <laughs> we knew it. Like, we knew it was going to get dirty and ugly and scary. But... We're choosing to be here. And just a few days before she died, when she was still in denial that she was dying, I'm like, mom, what do you, you know, what do you want for me? I know you're not going anywhere, but what do you want for me? She's like, I want you to be more positive than I ever could be. And she was positivity on steroids. <laughs> That's not asking much. No, but, I, but I think what she was trying to say is to be the light, right. to be the yeah. aloha, you know? Yeah. I mean, yes, we come from some heavy, ugly shit, mm -hmm. but we're here now. <laughs> we can choose to live a life mm -hmm. of love. I mean, we're and to amazing pay it, humans. And to pay it forward. Yeah. And mm -hmm. inspire other people to do that. Because everybody, I mean, I don't know how everybody many families have, have this secrets. much shit. Every family has secrets. Everybody mm -hmm. has secrets. Mm -hmm. Well, that's mm -hmm. what I was saying in my interview was that I only know how to deal. Uh, it's just, I was forced into having to grow up faster than anyone that I knew. You know, we all had to be forced to be put in situations we didn't deserve being in, but how to cope with that and, and how to see a, a brighter side to whatever situation we're in. And, and, you know, you can call it aloha if you want or whatever, but, you know, she was an affirmation of that. And, and thankfully she was in my life to be kind of my mother figure in my life. That is uh, fauna. Uh, but I, I knew from an early age, I was a survivor and that we all have a burden to, to, to have to face and deal with and, and in spite of that, like, regardless of that, it was like, I'm going to do more than survive. I want to, in this horrible situation, I'm going to find fun. It sounds crazy, but I'm going to make sure that I know myself and that I can be happy with who I am, despite all this stuff. And despite what people project on me or give to me, uh, peeling the onion as I, as I moved to California, like, this isn't me, this is Tamar, this is this, this is, and sort myself and realize where my power is and where my love comes from. And that, you know, it took some time. It's a process. I'm still processing. We may never be over some of the stuff and, and okay, I'm up for the task. You know, I'm here and I'm bringing it, you know? And every day, try to be a real family member, you know, 
I'm here, you know, my daughter, my wife are saying, are you sure you want to do this? Is this really, you know, is you know, nervous for themselves? And the only thing that I can remember my mom saying, we talk about closure that I got was she said, whatever life gives you, don't be afraid. She was the scariest, the scaredy cat of anyone that I knew. She was, she hid behind words and, and, and made you go out and be the brave one. But I, it, it, it was okay. That was a lesson worth learning, you know, even from someone that I despised, it was something I, I, I actually had some wisdom in, in that. So, you know, my daughter and my wife are nervous for me and nervous for us for doing this because of what it may bring or what, it, you know, not knowing whether it's good or bad. This is good. This is important and not to be afraid, not to run away from family, you know, not do what we're conditioned to do with Tamar telling us one person's good, one person's bad. And we, you know, must fight and, and, and hold on to what, you know, Fauna was all about that love. You know, I'm glad we're talking about this stuff because it's important. We need to be able to give that message to other people too. That So anyone that's listening understands that sure, we've dealt with our stuff. We're still dealing with our stuff, but we're here for each other and for people that really want to learn from what we've gone through. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be able to express love for you, Fauna, Elizabeth W., my <laughs> sister, and of course, joy and love. You know, I, I wish joy was here to be able to express it to Love, of course, I love you, man. And... We need to be closer together. I love you both, Yvette and Rasha, of course. And let's just work on being closer and work on that. And whatever it takes, let's do it. We're here for each other. We I'm love here you. for you. We love you. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah. There's only two reasons I'm here. The first was this. <laughs> Scared as I was. Mm-hmm. It was this. And the second is hope to help others move forward through whatever happened to them. What was done is not who we are. That's right. right. That's right. Undoing the Hodel legacy of past. It changes with us. It already has changed right. with yes. us. Absolutely. Yes. Right. You know? Absolutely. I mean. The terror has ended. Yeah. yeah. It's pow. It's done. This is the light. This is the light right here. And I, I want to commend every family member here and acknowledge everything that you've given today. I just want to acknowledge everyone with your strength. Getting together exceeded expectations, and it was good to clear the air after so much time. It would be ideal to be able to say that we had a sense of closure but telling our story is only the beginning. It doesn't erase how we got here. It doesn't erase the things Tamar was subjected to by George and what that put into motion. And it definitely doesn't erase the pain we feel for Elizabeth Short's family and the families of any of George's other victims. You should know by now that nothing in this story is neat. We've learned things along the way that have changed all of us, and there's no way to put a pretty bow on it. It's always been hard to move forward when we've all been stuck in the past, trying to figure out what's happened and why. 
And how much guilt or shame should we feel about things that we weren't even alive for? Trying to answer these questions hasn't gotten us far. But now, our story's been told. And the only question left for us is what type of family will we be? Here's Uncle Steve. Speaking in general as a hotel, you know, our family has been, in many respects, uh, well, we've, we've been estranged. I have never been close to or a part of Tamar's family. And um, the story has an individual impact on each one of us that's completely different. But it certainly got us talking. (laughs) It certainly stirred the pot, that's for sure. I think it's brought us closer together on a philosophical or a psychological level in that we've been able to share this. Ultimately, I'm a firm believer in that uh, the truth shall make you free. I don't care how bad it is, every family out there has hidden secrets. Back at the beginning of episode one, I said you never know how much family baggage you have until you start digging. Here's Steve's brother, our great-uncle Kelly. You only have one family. And uh, I wouldn't trade with anybody. When I think about the whole family, I think we're a pretty good bunch. You know, we've all accomplished and helped society, you know. I can't really think of any bad guys except George. So I'm proud of the hotels. And, uh, you know, I mean, like Steve says, we're all a little crazy, you know. But everybody is. You know, when you when you think about it, you uh, you know open a couple of closets, go back a generation or two, and you're going to find some pretty shocking things. Thank you so much for listening to Root of Evil, the true story of the Hodel family and the Black Dahlia. Root of Evil was executive produced, written, and directed by me, Zach Levitt. Produced by Lloyd Lockridge. Executive producers, Chris Corcoran, Spencer Brown, Sam Linsky, and Sarah Aubrey. Episodes were edited by Perry Crowell, Bill Schultz, and me. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Bill Schultz. The theme song for Root of Evil is Star Dream Girl, written and composed by David Lynch and Dean Hurley. Published by Universal Music Group and Downtown Music, courtesy of Sacred Bones Records. Original music provided by Curtis Quasney. Production management by Terrence Malangone. Artwork and design by Kurt Courtney. On-location audio recorded by Vinny Fatato, Eric Lynn Calpo, and Rich Berner. Technical operations and management by Sean Cherry. Additional studio recording by One Union Recording in San Francisco, California, and Cadiz Audio in Portland, Oregon. Production support by John McDermott, Sage Milgram, Serena Regan, Melissa Providence, and Lucas Santrone. Publicity by Hilary Schuff, Scott Radloff, and Courtney Brown. Marketing by Pam Kramer, Josephina Francis, 
Karina Kogan, Melissa Chambliss, Whitney Portman, Pamela Krasian, and Kristen Booz. Legal support by Karen Andrews. Archival audio was provided by Foss Media and Past Daily. Thank you to Jenny Landers and the historic Soudan House. And thank you to all of the special guests. And of course, my deepest gratitude to Rasha and Yvette, Steve, Kelly, Fauna Elizabeth, peace, love, and joy for telling their story. Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done.